Welcome to the Emotional Curriculum with me, Dr. Sarah Taylor Whiteway. There may be a plethora of reasons that are increasing a child's anxiety and therefore their likelihood of refusing school. And bullying may be one of the more common reasons. But what about for children with a diagnosis of autism and ADHD? How does this impact on their likelihood to refuse school and what is the link with bullying? In this episode we speak to Abby McClement, a doctoral research candidate at the University of Buffalo. We discuss her research which explores children with a dual diagnosis of autism and ADHD and how this increases their likelihood of experiencing bullying and the link to school refusal behaviours. Welcome to the Emotional Curriculum. Today we're going to talk about your research which links together school refusal, bullying and children with diagnoses of ASD and ADHD. But first it'd be really interesting to hear how you became interested in this area. Absolutely. Well thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to speak with you today. So Currently, I'm getting my um, doctorate in school psychology and counseling psychology at the University at Buffalo. But my interest in ADHD started back in undergrad. During that time, I worked as a clinician at a summer camp for kids with ADHD. It's called the Summer Treatment Program. And while I was working there, I also began to get some experience working with kids with ASD as well, because ADHD and ASD are really common co-occurring diagnoses. You know, so I just really, really enjoyed my work with these populations, and I applied to be a part of an ASD research lab. And honestly, my passion for research on ADHD and ASD and my passion for interventions with these populations, I would say, started in undergrad, but it's really only grown since. And even now, um, I'm conducting my dissertation on a brand new ADHD intervention, and I'm also currently providing therapy to kids with both of these diagnoses at my internship at an outpatient therapy clinic. It's really interesting to hear about the lived real life experience you have of working with children with ASD and ADHD um, that kind of brings alive the research, I imagine. And thinking about these diagnoses, one of the factors that you explored in the research was about bullying and victimization. So is there something about the diagnosis of having ASD or ADHD, which means that these children are more at risk of being bullied at school? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to kids with either ADHD or ASD or, you know, kids with developmental disabilities or mental health diagnoses in general, we know that they are at increased risk for bullying victimization. And then research also shows that a dual diagnosis or having more than one diagnosis even increases that risk more so. So when it comes to kids with autism, studies show that bullying rates will range from like 46, 45% all the way to 94%. Mm -hmm. And then when there's kids with ADHD, those rates are about 
43 to 65%. So these are really obviously significant percentages, especially if you compare them to the rate of bullying among kids in general, which is about 20 to 30% in, in the whole population. So you know, there are specific characteristics of ASD and ADHD, which relate to this increased risk for bullying. So we know for kids with ASD, research shows that verbal communication difficulties would increase a child's risk of being bullied. Also, things like repetitive behaviors or self-stimulating behaviors would also increase um, a child's risk of being bullied. And then in ADHD, there's greater levels of bullying among those kids who have difficulties regulating their emotions or controlling and managing their emotional reactions to situations. Also among those kids who have more externalizing behaviors. So those kids who tend to have more outward displays of their emotions or more aggressive behaviors or defiant behaviors, those kids are more likely to be targets of bullying. So actually listening to you, some of those behaviours that are so inherent in the diagnosis of ASD, so social communication needs, or in ADHD, so that impulsivity and difficulty controlling behaviour, those are the things that make these children more vulnerable to bullying. And what about for those children that have comorbid diagnoses, have both diagnoses of ASD and ADHD? Um, research has shown that more than one diagnosis kind of does play an additive role. Of course, it's different for different diagnoses, but specifically with that ASD, ADHD population, it's, it does increase um, a child's risk for being a victim if they have both diagnoses. And so your study looked specifically at school refusal behaviour, but linked this to bullying. And it seemed obvious that children are bullied are less likely to want to go to school. But I'm just wondering, what does the science, what's the research told us about the link between these two factors? Yeah, so we know that that's a direct link. So bullying and school refusal are, you know, directly linked in the way that Bullying is one of the leading causes of school refusal among kids. So research shows us that kids who are bullied are actually up to six times more likely to refuse school compared to those kids who aren't bullied. So we can kind of think of school refusal as a coping mechanism um, that's used by students who experience bullying. And it does make sense, you know, because if a child is experiencing bullying at school, we would expect them to be less likely to attend school. It's not a place where they feel comfortable or safe. And so in our study, we characterized school refusal as a red flag, so to speak, for identifying those kids who are being bullied. So because of that link between bullying and school refusal, we might be able to identify um, students who are being bullied if we look at who's refusing school or avoiding to come to school. So I guess there's kind of two ways to look at the link. First, bullying increases the chances that a kid will refuse school. And then secondly, being aware of children's school refusal can be a way to identify kids who might be being bullied. Okay, so it can be used in both directions almost to question the experiences of children and young people who are showing these behaviours. And what we know about school refusal is that it is often based in anxiety, which fits with that link with bullying at school. And I'm just wondering, how have you defined school refusal in the current study? Because I imagine the experiences of it vary a lot from person to person. 
So in research, there's different terms like school avoidance, school refusal, and they all kind of relate to attendance. And school refusal, though, is more about a behavior. It's less about, you know, the actual attendance rates of a child. And it's more about just the child saying, I do not want to go to school um, and refusing to go to school, whether, you know, it's going to look different for different kids. It might be... Um, also different for different parents. Some parents might let their child refuse school uh, more frequently than other parents and, and, you know, or it might be a chronic issue for some kids. It might be a not so chronic or, or common issue for other kids. So it's just about that behavior of saying, I do not want to go to school and I'm not going. So your study looked at these children with dual diagnosis of ASD and ADHD, and we know that that increases the likelihood of bullying. So why was it important for you to look into their rates of school refusal for your study? Yeah, so there were a, a few reasons why we made this decision, but I think it was mainly because of all of the consequences that are associated with both bullying and school refusal. So first, when it comes to bullying, there's unfortunately endless research that shows that bullying can lead to worse outcomes for students. You know, there's research on the link between bullying and reduced academic performance, um, greater social difficulties greater psychological distress, and even greater fear of school. So clearly bullying is linked with some really serious concerns and consequences for students. And then we know that with kids with disabilities, uh, in our study specifically, ADHD and ASD are at much greater risk for bullying um, compared to kids without disabilities. So this in turn puts them at greater risk for all of these consequences as well. And then when it comes to school refusal, this is pretty much like just as concerning as bullying because it has some serious academic consequences. So if school refusal becomes chronic, it can jeopardize um, students' academic development and some studies have shown their social emotional development. So greater school refusal is linked with um, longer periods of disengagement from school and premature dropout of school. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's really just that, you know, they're very common issues, both bullying and school refusal, and they have significant consequences associated with them. And so how did you go about exploring the connection between all these factors? Yeah, so obviously we were interested in looking at school refusal due to bullying and kids with ASD and ADHD. And we also looked at the impact of other variables like behavior problems and classroom support, um, child age, all different variables to get a better idea of who is more likely to refuse school due to being bullied. So we used an online survey. It was for parents of kids in kindergarten through 12th grade. And we asked um, a bunch of questions to parents about bullying and school refusal and all different related topics. So one of the main questions was, has your child ever refused school due to being bullied? And for this one, we had parents provide um, a sort of a frequency estimate from this never has happened to this happens on a monthly basis. And then they provided answers um, for other questions like child diagnosis, the age of the diagnosis, demographics, uh, behavior problems a whole bunch of other variables. And then when the survey was all done, we had a total of uh, responses for 154 children. And, you know, then, of course, we analyzed the data to answer our questions. 
And what did you find out? Okay, so we had, from our results, a ton of insight into school refusal due to bullying. So I'll focus on the main findings. So the first one was that we found 35% of all of our kids, regardless of diagnoses, had ever refused school due to being bullied. So that was a big percentage. Mm -hmm. That means that of those 154 children in the study, 54 had actually refused school in the past, specifically because they were bullied at school. So of course, this shows us that school refusal is an issue for all students. But in particular, we wanted to look at whether the different diagnoses had different levels of school refusal. So our results showed us that the prevalence of school refusal was very different for kids with different diagnoses. So the highest prevalence of school refusal was among kids with both the ASD and ADHD diagnoses, so that combined diagnosis, which we kind of talked about before. Um, So a total of 68% of these kids um, had ever refused school due to being bullied. And this was much higher than the percentage of kids who also had just autism um, or just ADHD diagnoses alone. And of course, it was even higher than the percentage of children who refused school and didn't have any of these diagnoses. So that dual diagnosis of ASD and ADHD really increased the likelihood of school refusal due to being bullied. Actually, these kids were 7.5 times more likely to refuse school than kids with no diagnosis. So those were our main findings with diagnosis, but we also looked at those other variables I mentioned. So For child age, we saw that kids who were older were more likely to refuse school compared to kids who were younger. And we also saw that kids who had higher behavior problems, as reported by their parents, and who had a behavior support plan at school had higher levels of school refusal. But one of the um, really interesting findings, in my opinion, was that Kids who had a one-to-one aid, um, which is a personal aid in the classroom, they had lower levels of school refusal compared to kids who didn't have an aid. And so this finding tells us that students who exhibit more behavior problems in the classroom might have higher levels of bullying, higher levels of school refusal, but that adult support and that sort of individualized attention could protect against this and reduce a child's school refusal. So that really is fascinating to see the huge increase having that dual diagnosis has on school refusal behaviours, but also the other factors that seem to mediate or be a risk factor for this behaviour. So did you and your fellow researchers start to think about why the dual diagnosis increases the likelihood of school refusal so much? Yeah, so... We did. We started to speculate about why it could be that this dual diagnosis is really the the highest level of school refusal was found among these kids. And of course, this tells us a few things. It says that kids with ASD and ADHD are particularly vulnerable to bullying. And we've talked about that already. But it also shows that they might have an especially difficult time managing the bullying, which might lead them to refuse school as a way to cope with it. And so surprisingly, what we saw was that the kids in our study who only had um, ASD weren't at greater risk for bullying compared to the general population, but then they were after we accounted for symptoms of ADHD. So it really was that ADHD diagnosis that produced that greater risk 
So it's hard to say for certain why this is, but we believe that it's um, very likely due to those externalizing behaviors that are they're common among kids with ADHD and not so much among kids with ASD. Okay, so the addition of ADHD really and the behaviors that come with that was a big factor in increasing the rate of school refusal. And this goes back to some of those links you were saying, possibly to the bullying. And I'm wondering, thinking about what you said before, as school refusal being a coping mechanism when children are having a difficult time at school, that maybe that explains some of how the aid in the classroom also mediated the impact of school refusal. Yes, definitely. I think it goes back to that idea of having a protective factor at school, like a supportive adult, a a teacher, an aide, a counselor, whoever that might be at the school. That's critical um, to helping kids who are bullied. It's critical to helping any child in general. But when we, you know, if we're talking about kids who are being bullied, having that adult that they can go to and, you know, to help them feel safe at school can protect against the school refusal because they, you know, they have someone that makes them feel safe and, and it makes them want to go to school. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very likely that, yeah, that aid plays a big role in, you know, getting kids to want to go to school despite potentially being bullied. And we've touched on this idea of externalizing behavior a few times. So why do you think this factor is proving so crucial in understanding school refusal behavior? Well, so I guess I should back up a little, and I keep saying externalizing behavior, but I've never defined it. And so really, it's it's broad. It's anything from acting out, talking back, or being aggressive or disruptive to others. And so it's the opposite of internalizing behaviors like anxiety or withdrawal or depression. It's behaviors that are obvious to other people. So in our study, we saw that the higher levels of externalizing behavior increased the likelihood that a child was going to refuse school. So we think that these externalizing behaviors that are commonly associated with ADHD accounted for that big difference in the school refusal prevalence between the kids who had just ASD and then the kids who had ADHD and the combined ASD. We know that kids with ADHD are more likely to be bullied, but the ones who have those externalizing behaviors, you know, draw more attention to themselves and are more likely to be to be bullied. So I think in our study, since we were looking at school refusal specifically due to being bullied, mm. we have to think back on, well, what was causing these kids to be bullied and potentially those externalizing behaviors were the driving factor which made them more likely to to be bullied and then in turn more likely to refuse school because of it. So externalizing behaviors increase the likelihood of bullying and bullying increases the likelihood of school refusal behavior. So there's lots of really interesting things you're finding out here. So for schools that are listening and educators listening Are there things that you think they can do to help support these young people with a dual diagnosis of autism and ADHD? Definitely. So, of course, it's a big task. These are huge issues, as we saw. But I I think that there's definitely at least a few important things that schools can take away. So the first thing is that our study showed that school refusal is very common among all students with and without these diagnoses. And given all of those academic-related and social-emotional consequences of school refusal, 
It's very, very important for schools to be aware of this, aware of school refusal as an issue, and to, you know, know how they can identify students who might be more likely to refuse school and then hopefully prevent it before it happens. So I have some tips for how to identify these students and ways to intervene and support them, hopefully before it becomes a serious concern. So for first recommendation, I would suggest that schools monitor the attendance of kids with externalizing behaviors. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not guaranteed that the kids who display behavior problems, those kids who are in the office um, frequently for their behavior problems um, or getting in trouble a lot, are going to have lower attendance. But we did find that link between externalizing behavior and school refusal. Mm -hmm. So it could be worthwhile for schools to pay attention first to these, the attendance rates of these kids um, with externalizing behaviors. And then second, uh, I would recommend that schools also check in with kids who have low attendance rates in general, just any child who has a, a low attendance rate, to ask them about their social life and kind of probe to see if they're being bullied at school. Um, You know, because we know that high levels of school refusal would lead to lower attendance. And then this lower attendance might be an indicator that this child is being bullied. And that's the reason why they don't want to come to school. So it would be really important to check in with these kids who miss school frequently and to see why this is um, and to see if it's potentially because they're being bullied. And then as a third recommendation, I would suggest that schools try to identify those students who they know have experience with bullying, with being bullied, but still tend to come to school. And this is a really unique subset of kids because if you speak with these students about their bullying and kind of the strategies that they use to cope, we could help apply these strategies to students who are bullied but use school refusal as a coping mechanism. So it's it's like learning from the students who maybe have higher coping skills because they still come to school even though they are bullied and maybe it's because they have a supportive adult in in the room and or in the school and that's the reason why they still want to come to school even though kids are being are bullying them so talking to these kids could be also a really important avenue into figuring out how we can help the kids who stay home and refuse school because of bullying One last point, the importance of support and individualized attention is really, really the most important takeaway. And it can't be understated. You know, we know that just from our little study that one-to-one aids protected against school refusal. And it just goes to show you that it's so important for kids to feel like they have a trusting and supportive adult who they can go to in times of distress or really just in any time. I think that's really one of the most important takeaways. So it sounds like there's lots of flags almost that might point towards a child being at risk for these kind of behaviours that is really helpful for teachers to look out for. But also I really like that idea of using the experiences of children who are managing this and trying to learn from those. And so lots of listening and looking out that schools can be doing, I think. And we've covered so much in this discussion. So if there was just one thing that schools were going to take away from it, what would that be? I guess what it would be is we've seen in research that these kids are not necessarily um, the ones to come to an adult when they're being bullied. They're not necessarily the ones who have the language abilities to tell you that they're experiencing bullying. 
So I would just hope that people who working with, with these populations are just really aware and keep an eye out, like you said, some of these more subtle signs of bullying. Um, and because it's not going to be as easily identifiable among these kids, um, especially if they have like these verbal communication difficulties or, you know, for whatever reason, they choose not to talk to an adult about their bullying. So, yeah, I would say keep an eye out recognize the warning signs and recognize school refusal as sort of a red flag that might help you identify a child who's having a tough time in school. So really just hoping to raise awareness of these issues and that being the first step to helping the young people and children. Abby, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for listening. You can find out more about the topics discussed in this episode in the podcast description. And if you like the episode, then please do subscribe. And you can follow us on Twitter at emcurriculum. You can email us on theemotionalcurriculum at gmail.com. See you soon.